Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. So last week, I'll get straight into it and then we're going to pray. So last week we spoke about our words um, and whether we use them to build people up or drag them down. That our words have the power to re-record a new sound is what we're talking about. The title series is Playlist. Re-record a new sound in the world. Um, this week we are following that same thread, but um, we're going to talk about our actions. Is what we are doing pointing people to Jesus or are we just blending in? Um, the big idea here is our first slide is, does the sound of my life, the way I speak and the way I act, point people to God? Paul's letter to Timothy is calling Timothy to train in godliness. And so carrying on from last week, I said that our Sunday's church is like a PT session, right? Um, that this is where we encourage one another. We call poor form out, if you see it. Um, we spot the weight for each other and comfort each other. So my job as a preacher tonight, as your PT, is to put a little bit more weight on the bar this week as we talk about our actions and, and go, you've, you've got it in you. You can lift. You can get that set through. This week's PT session, I'm not going to use this anymore, just so you know, um, <laughs> is regarding it, because I hate it already, is regarding our actions, just like our words. Our actions can back up our belief or expose our belief. Let's pray. God, we just thank you that this is a community that we've witnessed it tonight, welcoming people into the family, God, that we may encourage one another in all that we do. Lord, love one another in all that we do, in all that we say. God, that this would be a place where most of all we honor you. Lord, pray for my words right now. Lord, take me out of the equation that you would be speaking to your people this evening. We thank you for that in your name. Amen. Um, so it's four o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Who likes stories? I love stories. Um, last week I told about overriding a cassette tape. Um, this week is a little different. Um, it's four o'clock on a Friday afternoon and I'm at the Royal North Shore Hospital um, visiting um, someone. And music's blaring as usually is in my car. I love music. And, and so um, who hates the Royal North... Any hospital parking, actually. Yeah, everyone. Um, I'm just, I'm a salesperson, that's an assumptive close that everyone agrees with me. Not anyone did, but that's okay. Um, and so, <clears throat> music's blaring and I'm in this, trying to get a car park. And I find this random alley at the Royal North Shore Hospital, just up the road here. And as I'm approaching, coming down this hill, I see two people that are, look like they're deep in a domestic. And I couldn't hear a word they say, were saying, I couldn't you know, understand anything, but I could tell that something wasn't right. And so, um, as I drove around and I, I kept driving and kept driving, um, finally, I, uh, I paused and I, I kept, you know, thinking, what, what should I do? What should I do? Even though brief and without any context, as I couldn't hear them, I instantly had these feelings rising up, <clears throat> excuse me, within me to want to know more, to wind down the window and listen. Maybe I'm just a busybody. Who else is a busybody? If there's like smoke, I'm like, ooh, who lit it? We're like, let's find it. You see, um, within all of us, when we observe wrong, let's use that word, and I know it's not the correct grammar, but when we observe wrong, it should always stir something within us to stand up and make things right. That's what God called us to do as people. 
There was a car behind me, so I had to continue driving. And I finally found a park, and as I started to walk back towards the entrance, it didn't take long for my ears to tune in to the argument that I'd just driven past. The most horrendous things were being said, along with screams from a lady. I started to walk faster until I was within eyesight of the incident unfolding. As I got closer, I stopped across the walkway. And it was as if the world slowed in that moment. Who's ever had a moment where you're just like, I feel like the world has slowed? And I believe that's for a reason. <laughs> she was screaming at the top of her lungs, let me go. He was screaming, you're a so-and-so. She was struggling to get from his grip and he was standing in front of the car door that she was trying to get into. He was a big guy, really big guy. <sighs> Holding what looked to be an umbrella or a sword, as the world slowed, I'm like, it's on. Um, where's my sword? Don't have one. Um, and a suitcase next to him. See, the world slowed at this point. I got every single detail. She was a tall, blonde, well-dressed woman. It was in a Mercedes-Benz. Um, it didn't take long for my thoughts to run wild. If I step in here, what are the possible outcomes? Um, Marta, of course. Uh, no. Does he have a weapon? Like, I don't know. An umbrella? Um, would I be hit over the head with that? Like, can I fight? If you ask my wife, I tell her that I can. We're walking through a park and I'm like, I think I could hold myself. <laughs> but what are the outcomes if I keep walking and mind my own business? Oh, I'm just a busybody. You deal with it. Can I live more with the idea of stepping in and failing than not stepping in at all? See, who, even by hearing the story, starting to just like get sweaty palms and want to like find this bloke and give him one, two. Every man's hand should be going up at that point. <laughs> but I feel like we sit in this tension every day if we actually open our eyes to it. The tension of, should I step in? What would Jesus do in this moment? Should I take action or keep walking? Who remembers the bracelet, what would Jesus do? I feel like we need to make a comeback for that. A little bit daggy, but that's cool. We Christians are. Um, but what would Jesus do in that moment? As I'm standing across the walkway, going, what would... What do I do? What do I do in this moment? Um, last week, I introduced the term, um, the intention delusion. Um, and this is what the meaning is. It's the difference between someone else's reality and what you intended. Does anyone else feel like you live in this constant state of delusion? Anyone? No? One of you. Good. Um, I wonder what this lady would think if I approached her and said, my intention was to help you, and walked away. She wasn't going to judge me by my intention. She was going to judge me by my character, and my, character by my, and my beliefs, by my willingness to help. This is exactly with our, the same with our faith. People are not going to judge you based on your thoughts, but by your words and actions. You know what people are asking is, is this real? Is what you say this is, is this actually real? And they're actually waiting for a moment to believe. All of us are wired that way. We actually want to believe at the deepest part of our soul. We want to believe. And so what people are actually saying in this moment is, is it real? Can I actually believe this? Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like my actions can be summed up in this picture. T-Rex trying to play a harp. I don't feel like enough laughter was had at this image. 
He can only do the first three strings. Disappointed in you all. There should have been like a roaring thunder sound at this. There's so many of them. You should find like T-Rex tries to drive or T-Rex tries to make a bed. And he can't. Anyway. What I want you to pay attention to is his arms. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. See, our intention is to do something, but we always find an excuse, don't we? Oh, I would have helped you, but the big the guy's big and, you know, my arms and all. <laughs> I found this message really quite confronting to write, and I rewrote it so many times. I wrote a letter to God before I... Actually, probably the third time I rewrote this message. And I'm going to read it to you. And then I'm going to read what I feel like his response was. For some reason, I feel emotional even reading this. I didn't when I wrote it, but... God, what am I supposed to tell your people? I'm talking about actions, and as I write this, I feel so inadequate to even speak about it. My actions seem to rarely reflect my heart, my belief, or my call. I stand on a stage, and I call people forward into things that sometimes I'm not even doing. I feel like such a hypocrite. Sometimes I feel like I'm doing more harm to the name of Christ than good. I look back at moments where I had an opportunity to encourage and I shrunk backwards. Moments I said no to helping people because I was too busy. People I didn't give enough time to because I had others to chat to. Homeless people I walk past every day but choose to keep walking, leaving them alone. People at work I should have asked for a coffee to talk about life and I didn't. In this moment, I'm reflecting on all the times I feel like I adapted this image, my T-Rex arms. To attend church on a Sunday and to proclaim one thing, but then to collect um, my shortened arms on the way out and T-Rex my way through the week. It's as if like we attend and we go, that was nice, but you know, back to real life. Here's what got me. As I continued to pray, I felt like Jesus responded this. I'm not calling you to do things for the sake of things. This is not about action to avoid guilt or for religion's sake. I want you to be part of rewriting this world's sound. This is not about attaching guilt to missed moments, but rather love towards future ones. There are people in your life that need a hug, that need a moment of undivided attention. People who need food. People, people who need your coat. This is the key point, Let. So that. And if you look that term up in scripture, it happens so often. So that they may know me. I want to transform your life. I want to transform their life. It's never about what you do, but why you do it. Can we just reflect on that? This, this whole thing, Christianity, has got nothing to do with what you do, but why you do it. Sam often says it's Christianity is the one um, religion or faith structure where you've got to work out what you're going to do when you realize you don't have to do anything at all. How cool is that? Um, So with Paul's encouragement to Timothy to train in godliness, what does that look like for our actions? 
How do you train in our actions without them being for action's sake? These next bit, um, these are my three thoughts. This is a, a look into Adrian's world. There's so much in the Bible about action, but this is what resonated with me this week. Cool? Yep. Ready? Three points? You like that? First point find your desire. Romans um, 15.20, I'm going to introduce a few other scriptures if that's okay. Romans 15.20, this is Paul speaking again. It says, It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. I love this, the Greek word for work means, uh, the Greek word is ergo, ergon. It's an action that carries out and completes an inner desire. You see, a person's greatest desire is what drives them. When we feel strongly about something, it influences everything we do. Our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions reflect whatever it is. If you want to see what really motivates a person, look at where they spend their time and energy. There you'll find the desire of their heart. I want to ask you a question. What is it for you? What is your desire? Like when you really get down to it. It's one question. What desire or passion has God put in you? Have you asked him? <laughs> Have you said, God, like what is it? What are you calling me to? What change am I meant to make in this world? For me, um, I love people. I genuinely love getting to know and hearing about their lives. Um, I'm in sales, still am in sales, um, and I'm good at small talk, but I hate it. Oh, gosh, I hate it. I'm sorry if you love small talk, but I'm just like, uh, let's talk about real stuff. That's me. Um, I love to hear people's heart, to hear their struggles, and I love to encourage them the best way I can. Since working for a church, I love when I tell people I work for a church. I love awkwardness. Who loves awkwardness? <laughs> I, yeah, I've said it before. I would stand silent here just for that awkward moment. I'd get real thrills out of it. See, the desire behind that is that people would feel known. In a world of disconnection, I want to be a connector. I want to be a gatherer of people. That's my desire. I want people to feel known. What is your desire? What is it that you want? Okay, second point is this. Declare war on apathy. Who's even a bit like apathetic about that statement? <laughs> Whatevs. Um, James 2, 17 to 18 says this. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. It's quite confronting when you read it like that, isn't it? I will show you my faith by my deeds. See, apathy, um, the, the definition of apathy is this. It's a state of indifference or the suppression of emotions such as concern, excitement, motivation, or passion. Who's apathetic about their work? Just like, meh. Yeah. I love all the honest ones. Yes, me. 
And the others were like, eh, apathetic. <laughs> Apathy refers to that state which we sometimes default to in our everyday life. I'm going to bring it back, our T-Rex arms. Um, we look at everything kind of with apathy, not really phased by it or its outcome. What I mean by declaring war on apathy is, as it says in James, without us actioning our faith, it's meaningless. Dead even. Imagine if we, for the rest of our life, attended this place, this building, said we believe in this God that's all about justice and all about making things right in the world and all about love and all about encouragement and all about hope and no one ever knew about it. What a waste of time. What a waste of time. What a waste of finances. This is, again, this is, this is, Sundays are great, but it's not about Sunday. I said last week that nothing's going to change in the world when 200 people walk into this building on a Sunday. The world's going to change when these 200 people walk out and are still praying and still worshipping and still declaring that same love on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday. Um, in this moment, I, even when I was writing this message, in this moment, um, it was a perfect time to attach guilt to everything that I hadn't done. And this is, please hear me, that is not the message. See, if, I said I wouldn't bring it back in, but I wrote it in, so I'm going to read it. If this is our PT session, <laughs> if you didn't do your squats and your push-ups and your things um, during the week, it's okay. Refresh. You see, our desire, if you're in that world, is to get fit. It's okay. Refresh. Start again. Same with this. God, I'm so sorry that you know, I didn't spend any time with you this week. You know what he's saying? No worries, mate. Let's start again. I'm excited. Let's start again. No guilt. No shame. I loved, I loved what they said this morning about this sacrifice of guilt. God's saying, bring that to me. And in exchange, let me give you life and hope and love in abundance. Oh, it's awesome. Declare war and apathy that would try and make sure you don't act on the thing that we're talking about. My third point, very simply, is love. Does anyone just look at that word and just go, how much power does that have? So many people in this world do not know what this even is. They might know the concept of it, but it's never been shown to them. It's never been spoken over them or to them. It's so powerful. Um, in Corinthians 13, this is like the love passage that you always hear at weddings. Um, but um, there's a Passion Translation out, which changes it slightly. And I love this version. And so one, uh, Corinthians 13, 1-2. It says, If I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages... And in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love. My words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. 
If I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but never learned to love, I'm nothing. Pretty powerful, hey? Um, I changed this before the service because um, even when I was writing it, <laughs> I do that too often. I noticed something that the way I wrote this and even typed it out, it started with find your desire. And I'm sorry, this may erase like everything I've just said. But it started with find your desire. And as I was praying through this message, I'm like, that is such a worldly way of looking at it. So it's in no particular order, and I'm going to shuffle it now. But I was was um, preparing before the service. It really stood out to me that God is calling us to reverse that order. That when we pray for love, that our heart would break for those around us. You see, when we get the revelation of love, of the way God loves you, apathy will be destroyed. And the overflow of that will be our desire to share this with everyone we know. To drop our T-Rex arms and do whatever we can to bless people. You see, the overflow of love breaks apathy and births within us a burning desire to act. really felt like God was just saying, it's actually the opposite to that. Chase God and say, God, that you would flood my heart with love so that, remember, so that, that apathy would be stripped from my life and my desire would be the person in front of me and nothing else. See, my prayer is that we would be a church known for our love of people. That we would spark a war on apathy because our desire is that every person in this city, every single person in your family, every single person in your workplace would come to know the love of Jesus Christ. Does anyone else want that? Does that fire anyone else up? Because the apathetic person would say, I'm okay sitting here on a Sunday. That's enough for me. God's calling you further and further and further forward. He's saying there's more in you. That's not why you were designed. You've got an influence that you would never even know. So my challenge for you this week is to identify the areas in your life, maybe if you're like me, the way you approach your faith where you have defaulted to T-Rex arms, held back and made excuses. My prayer is that this week you would first get a new sense of just how much God loves you, even if that's all that happens. This week, the week after, the week after. If only you'd get a new sense of just how much God loves you. That it would shake apathy to death and that you would find, maybe even reawaken your desire to know, to be known and let others know God. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.